Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to your morning after. Adam Gold will be joined by Alec Campbell in just a little bit as the Hurricanes uh, win a kind of a wild game in Buffalo, 5-4 in overtime. You can't tell me that momentum isn't real. I know there are people that argue that there is no such thing as momentum, uh, but I think you can see it. You can see it in energy. You can see it uh, in confidence. So I think the momentum does matter. Uh, and the Hurricanes used momentum, I guess, uh, to their advantage for most of the game. And obviously, you don't get momentum going to overtime. Buffalo should have had that. Uh, but I guess the end of a period and a little bit of a break kind of steals that momentum away. Anyway, let's talk about what we saw tonight. And we'll start with momentum. Then we'll run down the scoring. and Then we'll bring in Alec Campbell. Uh, so here's where I thought the momentum really swung in the game. Buffalo leads one nothing. Jeff Skinner, because of course, uh, take them to a one nothing lead. Uh, really nice, uh, nice shot past Peter Morozik across the grain for a one nothing lead early. Um, and then Buffalo goes on the power play, and Buffalo's got a good power play. It struggled of late, but they're still top, I think, top five in the NHL, and they've got a loaded unit. And Carolina, who has been better of late killing penalties, uh, got a big kill because of Peter Morozik. Morozik was dynamite. I think he made three saves in the power play. It looked like it might have been more. Uh, But that was the momentum stealer. Turned the game, I think, and gave Carolina a little bit of a breath. And then Jordan Stahl uh, comes in with his 100th goal as a hurricane. And here's the interesting thing, obviously, uh, in the grand pantheon of Jordan Stahl goals, this will not be considered the blistered wrist shot from the high slot. Uh, it was a shot that was blocked, came right back to him, and he sort of chipped at it, I guess, and it just floated uh, over everybody. And, and I know they joked on TV that it was a three-point shot uh, with... Uh, Warren Fogle going to the basket. So I thought Warren played a pretty good, pretty solid game tonight. And that net front presence clearly bothered Carter Hutton. Uh, then later in the period on the power play, Sebastian Ajo in the high slot with Eric Halla right out in front. And Tavo Teravainen directed a pass off the stick of Ajo and in. It was 2-1. First shift of the second period, Carolina continues the momentum. I thought Carolina was the much better team in the last 10 minutes of the first period. First shift of the second period was a thing of beauty. Ajo, Teravainen, Svechnikov doing incredible work. Four checks, Slavin and Hamilton also great uh, on the same shift. And eventually uh, the puck goes in. Ajo, it looked like it was Ajo's goal, but it looked like uh, on replay that... As he was sweeping the puck in, it looked like the puck hit Tavo Teravainen's stick on the way. So it's Teravainen's goal. Aho and Svechnikov with the assist. It was 3-1. 
And Carolina was continuing to push and had plenty of opportunities to make it four or even 5-1, but couldn't get another one past Carter Hutton. And then Hayden Flurry with, uh, what, five or so minutes left in the uh, third period. Actually, it's, uh, it was at 15.04 of the third. Well, this, this obviously happened uh, a couple of seconds before. Flurry, uh, sort of a bouncing puck, you think, uh, was at the blue line on the at the uh, left point and took just took a a wild swing and he didn't get it past uh, Curtis Lazar. Uh, puck was blocked, goes out to center and Lazar takes it in. He's playing his first NHL game of the year. Uh, takes it in and beats Morazic. It's three two and now Buffalo's got the momentum. And I thought the last 25 minutes of the game really belonged to the Sabres, even though Carolina got a power play goal to put him back in front 4-3 for Andre Svechnikov. Uh, Buffalo uh, scored, uh, what, two times in the third to eventually send the game to overtime. Jeff Skinner got two on the night. Actually, they they didn't give him the third goal, the, set, uh, the, the tying goal. It went to Johan Larson, who got a stick on it. Uh, deflected it past uh, Mrazek to make it 4-4 and force the overtime. Um, But during the four-game losing streak the Carolina had, mistakes were the key. And even the game against the Rangers that everybody admits was a great game played offensively by Carolina, and they threw a ton of shots at uh, Henrik Lundqvist, mistakes killed them in that game. And mistakes were kind of the killer tonight. Uh, With a 3-2 lead in the third, uh, you're at the end of a long shift. Brett Pesci has the puck, plenty of space, and they, they're trying to get it out, and Pesci makes a pretty good pass right on the tape of Ryan Dezingle. Uh, maybe it had too much steam. Who knows? Anyway, Dezingle couldn't handle the, sh- couldn't handle the pass. It goes off his stick right to Henry Yokiharyu, and he beats Mrazek. It's 3-3. Then after Svechnikov uh, puts the Hurricanes ahead again uh, with a power play goal, uh, Dougie Hamilton had a chance to clear the zone. His clearing attempt was deflected. It stays in. Nino Niederreiter uh, toward the blue line had a chance to chip it out, but tries to settle the puck and take it up the ice. And because you know what? Goal scoring is a drug. Um, but ultimately, all they really needed was for Nino to backhand the puck out of harm's way. It stays in the it stays in Carolina's defensive zone. Ultimately, Skinner ends up with the puck uh, on a sharp angle. He shoots it at the net, and uh, Larson uh, deflects it. Johan Larson deflects it past and just kind of trickles through Mrazek. And with 41 seconds left, we're tied, and we're going to overtime where it's anybody's game. In overtime, though, Carolina was the better team. Uh, they had the better chances, and... Uh, with Martin Natchez kind of slowly bringing the puck up ice, you could tell, and then all of a sudden, boom, the burst. Uh, and uh, Natchez had not only showed the burst to create the play, but he showed the patience to not just fling a shot at the net. Uh, and he was patient enough. I know he lost the puck going across in front of the goal, uh, but he was hounded defensively 
uh, but he made a nice play to Dougie Hamilton, who ripped it through, uh, and that's your 5-4 win. So Hurricanes have now won two games in a row. Andrei Svechnikov, a goal and two assists. Tavo Teravainen, a goal and two, two assists. Hamilton and Aho each with a goal and an assist. And uh, Svechnikov and Hamilton now uh, with 21 points each lead the Hurricanes in scoring. Teravainen's got 18. Aho's got 15 points. Uh, Hamilton and Aho lead the team each with nine goals. So it's four points, right, in the last two games for Aho. I uh, thought he was very good tonight. He was one of my three stars. Uh, after a very, very rough start, I thought Sebastian played a very good game. Uh, I thought for the first 10 minutes, Sebastian was kind of uh, wandering about, getting, uh, and Jack Eichel was getting the better of him, but I thought the rest of the game uh, was the uh, the Sebastian Ajo we want to see. Uh, Natchez made the play on the Hamilton goal. I thought Natchez played uh, a really solid game. And you know Rod Brindamore is going to be talking about two defensive plays that he made uh, really on the same shift to uh, to nullify a scoring chance where he rotated back. Those are the types of things that get you ice time with Rod Brindamore. And I don't think it's a, uh, uh, a coincidence that Natchez was on the ice in three-on-three. Three. I know how talented he is, uh, but you earned that right based on the defensive play that you make during the course of the game, and I thought he was really good in the defensive zone. Chippy game, uh, but I'm not against the chippy game. I enjoy seeing it, uh, and special teams was the key for the Hurricanes. Two for three on the power play, holding Buffalo without a power play goal in three tries, and then uh, the account three on three as special teams to an extent. Of course, uh, five on six would also be special teams. Didn't work out as well, but the Hurricanes were the better team. Three-on-three. Three. Aftermath and Stormwatch host Alec Campbell, who I uh, spend three and a half hours a day on the radio with anyway, uh, as uh, as we recap a it's kind of a an odd game. P, the PG, you and I are both golfers. Uh, well, you know, we pretend to be. PGA, right. The PGA Tour has a stat. It's called bounce back what you do in holes following a bogey or worse, worse for us. Canes were really good tonight, uh, I thought, in that stat. They bounced back from a lot of, uh, I'm not going to say misfortune, because I think they made some mistakes, but I thought they recovered yeah. well tonight. I was impressed with that element. Yeah, they went down one nothing, and then they came back, and they took a 2-1 lead, and then they took a 3-1 lead, and then they let that go, and... Uh, then they took a 4-3 lead, and then they gave that up, and then they won in overtime. So, you know, they overtook, overcame some deficits and or a deficit and then, you know, had to overcome basically giving up the lead. I thought, you know, if, if not for the way uh, the Hurricanes gave up their lead, this game, I thought, was going to be a pretty run-of-the-mill stock hockey game, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, it was 3-1. The Hurricanes had the lead in the third period. You know, I felt like they had made a couple of mistakes. Peter Morozik had made a couple of big saves throughout the game. But for the most part, like, there wasn't anything that real exciting that happened um, until the Hurricanes decided to, to give up the lead and let the game get to overtime. Um, so I guess from an entertainment standpoint, 
maybe it delivered because otherwise it would have just been another hockey game and another, you know, in another city to start a road trip. But I thought the Hurricanes really, it was their, you know, it was their mistakes yeah. that gave up all those goals. I mean, even the first goal, which I think was the most passable goal for Buffalo, uh, I didn't think they gapped up very well. I thought Hayden Flurry, you know, kind of left Connor Sheary to go retrieve the puck along yeah. the board. And Lucas Walmart wasn't really gapped up well with Skinner behind him. And Skinner had too much time and space, you know. And then there was Hayden Flurry, who's got to get the puck through there. And then Ryan Dezingle, who's calling for the puck. <laughs> as she gives it to him, yeah. and he doesn't handle it right in a terrible spot. Um, and then, you know, so, so there were those types of situations tonight that came back to bite the Hurricanes, and fortunate for them, they were able to score enough goals to overcome it. You know, it's interesting. I, you always, you, I was, when Rod talks about you make your breaks and uh, you get what you deserve, and you don't always get what you deserve uh, in sports, but uh, I thought tonight, even though Carolina made the mistakes and certainly the Pesci pass to Dezingle was right on his tape. He should have handled it. And no, neither player was under pressure at that point. So, uh, you know, that's just, a, that's just an error on the part of Dezingle. Uh, but Buffalo was the better team, I thought, throughout the third period. And I thought this was a weird game for momentum in that, you know, Buffalo carried the play in the first 10 minutes and I thought they... Uh, the first penalty kill by Carolina when Morazic was great, I thought changed the momentum of the game. And then you get the fluky stall goal to draw even. And you're like, wow, Carolina hasn't really played well yet. But all of a sudden this game is even. And then they were, I thought they were the best team, better team for like the next 25 or so minutes. But then the last 25 minutes of the Buffalo was better. Started with the, with the flurry mistake at the blue line. Uh, but from yeah. that point on, I thought Buffalo carried the play and, uh, it almost seemed like an inevitability that they were going to tie the game. Yeah, they were definitely putting on the third period push. And I think you look across a lot of the numbers, the Hurricanes were outshot tonight. They were out chance tonight. They were out high danger tonight. So Buffalo made their push. I thought, I agree with you, the first period I thought was, you know, 10 minutes of them in the, I mean, hell, Jack Eichel had one, you know, point blank. Yeah on Peter Morozik in the first couple of minutes of the game. So Peter had to be on his P's and Q's early. And you're right, the Hurricanes took control of it after that for a little while, and then they came back with the push in the third. Rod didn't really like the second half of the game from no. the Hurricanes tonight. Um, so, you know, and, and I thought going into this game, I, I, I look at these two teams pretty similarly. You know, I mean, both teams have some pretty good – there's some pretty good players. I think, you know, Buffalo might be in a little bit more of a rebuild situation, although it feels like they've been in a rebuild forever. Right. But they have some high-end talent. Um, their goaltending may not be there all the time. But the way these two teams have played this season, they've been eerily similar. I mean, hot starts and then slumps. And they both have a similar record. They were both in the same place in their respective divisions coming into tonight. I didn't think this game was going to be a walk in the park for the Hurricanes to begin with. Um, so I'm not surprised at what happened tonight, but the Hurricanes needed to get that one to try to build some momentum here at the beginning of this road trip because they haven't been very good on the road. 
And, you know, you look at the standings right now, and I talked with John about this in the aftermath, and they came into tonight like 12 points behind Washington, yeah. six points behind the Islanders, which doesn't, you know, six points from second place doesn't feel like a lot, but it is a lot. And you're playing against a Buffalo team who, coming into tonight, you, you know, if, if you were coming down the stretch right now in the season, you would be trying to fend them off for a wild card spot. And so these head-to-head matches, matchups matter. And so that's why I think it was a big win for the Kings tonight. Oh, it's a huge win in a number of uh, number of reasons. And again, I really think that uh, the fact that this team showed some battle uh, and some uh, some resilience uh, where, you know, I, I, I don't, we haven't necessarily seen a lot of that from this team over the last three or four weeks. I think we saw a lot of that early on in the season, uh, but over the last, you know, three or four weeks, I don't believe we have. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the Islanders have, what are they, won 11 in a row, uh, 12-0-1 in their last 13. I think the Capitals have a similar record. Uh, you know, these uh, similar stretch here. I mean, those two teams are absolutely on fire. Of course, Carolina has wins over both of them this year for whatever that matters. Uh, but Carolina had four, te- four players with, uh, with multiple points tonight. Uh, Svechnikov and Teravine and each had a goal and two assists. Of course, Stur- Turbo kind of stole a goal from Ajo, but that's fine. Uh, and right. Hamilton and Ajo each had a goal and an assist. I thought all four of those players were outstanding. Um, what do you think Rod Brindamore is going to remember more about Martin Natchez's game tonight? The play he made three-on-three three in the overtime to set up Hamilton or the handful of really good defensive plays that he made? Yeah, I mean, I think Natchez is probably going to be the poster boy for what Rod continues to preach. And actually, I think if you look across that Svech, Ajo, Saravainen line, they will be too because that was a line who had eight points tonight. Yep. Uh, I know – you know, a couple of those goals came on the power play, but they were all on the same power play unit yep. too. So might as well just, you know, call it eight points for the line. But Natus, I think, you know, he's being rewarded for the work that he's doing defensively and away from the puck because kind of quietly, while a lot of the attention goes towards Tavo Terabinen and Sebastian Ajo and Andre Spechnikov right now, you know, Marty Natus has seven points in his last seven games. Yeah. And it's not just tonight that he's made a bunch of great defensive plays. It's been over the course of the last bunch of games that he's been doing. it. So, you know, Rod always loves the process more. And his, his philosophy is if you do all the little things, you know, you're going to, to, to get to the goal scoring. You know, he, he knows Natus can score goals. They just knows he can score goals. Right. But, you know, it's, it's the other things in the team game that you have to be willing to do. And I think it was, it's best illustrated by what happened, you know, in the two games against Ottawa, where, I mean, there's absolutely no reason you lose to Ottawa on the road, except right. for the fact that you just simply didn't want to dig in and play a team game that's respectable. And you saw what they did when they did do that at home on the second night of the home and home. So, you know, Rod, everything he, to me, I mean, look, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like he knows he knows what he's talking about, right? <laughs> and it just feels right. like everything he says sort of comes to fruition. So, and I agree with him. I'm I am on board with his entire philosophy about the way the game is played because I think it it crosses over to a lot of different sports too, the mentality of it all. Um, and so, yeah, he's gonna love 
then they just defense. And he's going to say, see what happens exactly. when you do the yeah. little things that I tell you to do, you end up coming up with game winning plays. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look, uh, I thought that was the key to Aho against Ottawa on Monday. And Aho got back to that, uh, I thought, after the first 10 minutes of the game because he was sluggish at the start. Uh, but he certainly got back to it. Yes, we all uh, we all worship at the altar uh, of Rod. We uh, well, it's just that he he makes everything seem so simple. It all makes no sense. It's not it's not a bunch of just hockey gobbledygook jargon, right? You know, it's just straight up like sensible stuff, and it makes perfect sense. And there's no reason to make it any more difficult or complicated than it is. And that's what I like about it so much. Yeah, me too. All right, so uh, this team now goes to Minnesota. It's an afternoon game. Um, I I know when we talked to John today, he was talking possibly about James Reimer on uh, on Saturday. Uh, I'm not feeling that. I'm I the Hurricanes need to string wins together. I think they're at a point in the year and a place in the standings where uh, I think you're going to end up seeing Morazic again, unless he sustained an injury. Uh, when he uh, when he was down on the ice, uh, that's going to hold him out. That might be too sore because I know it's sort of uh, it's sort of a quicker turnaround because the game is Saturday at two as opposed to a Saturday yeah. night game. But I think I think Morazic goes on Saturday. Yeah, and John reiterated the fact that he thinks you give Reimer the start on Saturday and go back to Morazic in Chicago when we talked on the aftermath. I mean. I guess I can understand the logic both ways. I guess it's still early enough in the season that you got to figure out what you what you got in Rhymer, or maybe you know what you got. I don't know. I can't I can't decide how I feel on it all. But on the other hand, it's like you do have a day off tomorrow. I mean, I know that Peter Morozik was tested a little bit tonight, but you know he's a professional athlete. Yeah. I mean, he's got a day off tomorrow. Get back after it on Saturday. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. And I do agree that this stretch of games right now, I think these are important games. I think this is an important stretch of the season. Um, you know, and I know they're going to play teams that, you know, aren't in their conference or in their division or whatever. But, um, you know, you got to get points together. And they this team needs to get a little bit of momentum back, I think, after uh, after going on the losing streak they did, especially considering what's going on in their own division right now so you know play to win but I guess the risk you take is if you if you don't play Reimer anytime soon when does he play and then the next time he plays what are you going to get out of him if he hasn't played in a while I know it's going to sound like this is going to sound like a hot take uh but I don't think that should be a concern um James Reimer is a professional he'll be ready to go whenever he's called on um, right. right now, this team needs to put their best goaltender on the ice as long. I, I mean, if, if it was a back-to-back, I get it. And I I understand it's a quicker turnaround, but um, I still think Mrazek, uh, I, I actually think he will play on Saturday. I think they have reached a point in the season where they are in the standings where they need to do well, that. So John Forsen has said the same thing in the past, that, you know, he's a backup goaltender. And unfortunately, the role of the backup goal, goaltender is to be able to go in and play well when called upon, right. and that's just that's just the nature of the beast. So, I, I in in a in a in a way, I uh, I agree with you uh, that you know your your biggest goal right now is to win games. So whoever you think gives you the best chance 
to do that, you should go with. And right now, that's clearly Peter Mrazek. Yeah, and I also wouldn't be surprised if the next goaltender that starts not named Peter Mrazek is named Alex Nedeljkovic, who was starting to play really well in Charlotte. So I could see Peter going uh, on Saturday afternoon. And even though there's an extra day, wouldn't be completely shocked if Ned had the net in Chicago uh, when the checkers are off for a little bit. All right, man, uh, you uh, you get some rest. We have uh, We have radio to do tomorrow. Yay! You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.